0: Civil danger warning.
1: A disaster of
2: unknown type has occurred.
0: Normal programming has been suspended.
2: Gary. Gary, have you got the bunnies? This is not a test. Okay, plug them in and let's get going.
3: This is Free Yorkshire Radio.
2: Hello and welcome to Free Yorkshire Radio. Gary has managed to hook up some copulating bunnies to the gyro... And yes, they are going at it like, uh, what's the phrase again? Anyway, we now should have enough power for our show. My name, of course, is Lloyd Becklesnip and we'll be bringing you all the latest government approved news and stories from the glorious Free Republic of Yorkshire, the mightiest of the many new nation states that several decades ago emerged from the troubled era that was early 21st century Britain. In this episode, we pay a visit to Yassa the Yorkshire Space Agency.
4: Is it a good idea to put the bodies of the people you love in front of the giant drill? Yes, that's how we test the drill. We peek
2: behind the curtain at the Bureau of Processual Mortification.
4: I keep joking with
3: Melinda on the reception. We should have that written over the door. (laughs) We don't know how it works,
2: as long as it works (laughs) and people die. And we get the latest from the end of season Steigat tournament.
5: At one point, I shot one of my own fans because the psychological impact of that can be strong. But first,
2: here's a rundown of all the Easter activities in your area. In Buzzlingthorpe, there'll be an egg hunt as, once again, the local GM battery farm has accidentally unleashed a swarm of sentient carnivorous ovums. Authorities say if they get a good crowd then there's a 50-50 chance of wiping them all out. Please remember to wear a high-vis jacket as this helps to keep friendly fire fatalities to a minimum. In Wakefield, There's the annual fertility dance out to the glowing fetus of Osset. So if you're under 30 and have yet to fulfill your reproduction duties, you should join in the revelry and feel the fetus. It will increase your chances of engaging in a fruitful copulation by over 30%. And this, of course, will reduce by 30% the chance of you being mulched in the annual harvesting of childless 30-year-olds. And finally, in Skelmanthorpe, to celebrate the holiday, one lucky family will have a relative resurrected from the local graveyard. They get to enjoy a slap-up picnic paid for by the local council, before the relative is doused in petrol and shoved into the local garbage fire, as they are technically a zombie, and we can't risk yet another outbreak. Okay. As we all know, we're on the verge of sending the first Yorkshire man into space, and this week I got to visit the Boffins at Launch Control to find out how the preparations were going.
0: You're listening to
6: Free Yorkshire Radio.
2: And so I'm here with the Chief of Mission Control himself. It's Mr. Dale Texican. Dale, welcome to the show.
4: the mutual lights and welcome to Yasser. Yeah, the Yorkshire Aeronautics and Space Administration.
2: It's very exciting to be here. We are deep underground. We've got to have our protection from any potential rocket explosions because we've had a few in the past, but nothing we haven't recovered from. And it's just wonderful to see all this technology and people beavering away. And can you tell me what any of these bleeping lights actually mean,
4: Dale? Of course. Over there, we've got our astronauts' vitals being monitored. We have the heart's blood pressure. Looks like he's doing a okay Hopefully, he's going
2: to be Yorkshire's first man in space. Uh, uh, Mr. Rory Muffin, I believe his name is. How is he holding up?
4: I keep forgetting what his name is, if I'm being honest. We see so many people going in and out of here. You don't want to put a name on it, because if it kind of goes, it's more effective. Have you owned a dog? It's a little bit like that.
2: Yeah, it's a bit like with your children as well. We don't name them until they're three because you don't want to get too attached. But yeah, so from my notes, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to use the name. It is Rory Muffin. Do you think this could be the guy, the first one?
4: You know, I'll say it. I think you can do it. I think the Muffin Man has all the makings of Yorkshire's first man in space. I mean, of the candidates we've seen just be annihilated by the rockets that have went up. He's the top of the crop that are still alive, and I didn't think we could do it. But with just a little bit of ingenuity, putting in the extra hours, we think we found the Muffin Man.
2: Well, is there any chance we can hear from him himself? Because I'm guessing he must be very excited. Have you got comms with the Muffin
4: Man? Of course. uh, Let me just patch through to the cockpit and... Uh, this is Mission Control, over to Capsule A1. Come in, Capsule A1.
1: Hello. Uh, I-, I heard everything you said. Is there a chance I, I could come-, come off? the? Can I come down?
4: That's a negatory, Capsule A1. We've got the media in here and they want to work with you what it's like to become Yorkshire's first man in space. Hello
2: Mr Muffin, uh, Lloyd Becklesnip here from Free Yorkshire Radio. I'm guessing you must be tremendously excited at the prospect of being launched into space at the head of a rocket from your very own glorious Free Republic of Yorkshire. Would you like to tell our listeners how thrilled you are?
1: I I was very thrilled. I I was very happy to come on the space mission until I heard that the rest of the candidates have been eliminated. Well, what do you mean there's been other pilots that have died? I I, 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 I think I I need a second opinion on this. I don't think I want to do this. We
4: are engaging the locking procedures on the seatbelt. (laughs) Mr. Muffin, you cannot leave at this point, of course. We're gonna let the straps do the talking. You just sit back, press the right buttons, and... Smile for King Jeffrey.
2: Well, yes, as I understand, it would be impossible to stop launch now because the fuse has
4: already been lit. Yes, of course. This program primarily relies on a big stick of dynamite at the bottom of a big tin. And we've got our boy Rory in there on top of that tin. Now, will he go to space? I'm not God. I can't make miracles happen. What I can do is put enough force under them that his body will at least get to the stratosphere. I guarantee it, Lloyd.
2: Well, Rory, one way or another, you're going to be a spaceman of some description or other. Whether you get to tell anyone about that is another thing. I'm assuming that comms with Rory will be open all the way up so he can give you some information that's vital to maybe getting the next guy up there. So if Rory doesn't quite make it, what information would it be that you'd be looking for him to provide?
4: I mean, I'm so proud that the comms system will work all the way to space and back. Now... If Rory's jawbone, that's not a failure of our system. It's a failure of the astronaut, unfortunately. Now, I guarantee we will have high fidelity, 256 kilobits per second, streaming of whatever happens to Rory. And we'll use that data to work on our next fight, which presumably will be the second man or muffin man in space. Hopefully the second. It might be the first. I'm,
1: I'm, I'm trying to press the button to reset, but it doesn't seem to be going.
2: I'm assuming that button is there just for calming purposes. It's not actually connected to anything. It's like one of those buttons you get at crossings. It's just there to make you feel better. As Dale was saying, the communication systems definitely will work, but your jawbone might not. So in that circumstance, do you have a system worked out where you can tap back answers?
5: Yeah, there's two big buttons. They're both red and one has a big yes on it and the other one says a big no nope on it. So yeah, I can give that a go.
2: And so do you have any family that are cheering you on in this crucial mission? I've
5: got my parents still alive, and they're doing very well. And my grandparents are still alive.
4: Ah, you're talking about capsule A2, where we have the other samples that we're going to send up there. Now, we don't have a voice communication to that bit. That's primarily for us to understand the forces on human bodies, rather than any kind of analysis that we're expecting Rory to do. It's very
2: useful to use older people in these experiments because their soft, brittle bones really reflect the varying G-forces that they undergo under these extreme circumstances.
4: It's like a pile of mashed potatoes going in a slingshot. Remember when we had mashed potatoes, lads?
2: Oh, you're making me... I'm just thinking gravy. Bit of Yorkshire pudding. Ooh. Ah. Uh. <laughs>
7: hey, Rory, do you fancy
2: a bit of Yorkshire pudding? No! Pudding? No, oh,
1: you put my family... You, you put both my parents and my grandparents in capsules. about oh, 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 my wife and, and her parents and her
0: grandparents... And you didn't take them, did you?
2: Dale, maybe this would be a good time to mention the other mission where you're tunneling to the core of the Earth.
4: While you will be going up the way, Rory, everybody else you love will be going down into the centre of the Earth. We have to solve the climate crisis in some way, We think geothermal is the way to do it. Now, is it a good idea to put the bodies of the people you love in front of the giant drill? Yes! That's how we test the drill.
1: I'm pressing the big no button, but it's not doing anything.
4: (laughs) Now you keep making notes, Rory. We need you to be the first man in space alive. Now remember, Rory, that's your name, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's not, I keep telling you, stop calling me Muffin Man, it's just,
7: it's it's degrading.
4: Sure thing, Muffin Man, we're going to proudly scrape whatever's left from your capsule, put you in a jar, and salute you when you get home.
1: Well, at least my children will survive.
4: They're my children now.
2: (laughs) Always read the small print, always read the small print. And with those exciting new developments, I'm afraid we have to leave Mission Control, but we wish you best of luck in your mission, gentlemen.
7: You're listening to Free Yorkshire Radio.
2: Well, as it transpired, the launch didn't go quite to plan. So we'd like to dedicate the rest of this show to the memory of Rory Muffin Man Muffin. Ultimately, your name, Rory Muffin Man Muffin, may not be spread far and wide, but your flesh certainly has been. Indeed, Yassa have asked us to say that if any unidentified globules of flesh did land in your garden this week, please can you inform them as they're still trying to plot the exact coordinates of the Muffin Man's pestilent parabola. Now, we are all aware of the fantastic job our glorious government does in modulating population. It's so important for the regime to stabilize society by identifying the potentially unruly and disruptive and minimizing their influence. We've all seen the Black Vans appear to ferry away those not properly aligned with the goals of our glorious Free Republic. But where do they go? If they're lucky, they get a stay at one of our Butlins realignment camps. But most, of course, disappear behind the shadowy doors of the Bureau of Processual Mortification never to be seen again but those doors are shadowy no more as this week to encourage recruitment the bureau invited me and one potential applicant into their department to find out exactly what goes on there and here is what we discovered
6: you're
3: listening to free yorkshire radio
2: and so i am outside the building now the bureau of processual mortification and today we're gonna to be following the guided tour around the building in the company of one potential future applicant to the Bureau, a young Ms. Florence Liglinton. Florence, welcome to the show.
6: Hi, hi Lloyd, I'm really excited to be here.
2: It's very exciting, isn't it? We don't normally get to see behind the black, black doors of the Bureau of Processorial Mortification. It's heavily guarded. Today we are gonna get a look inside as they are keen to recruit Fresh meat, as they say.
6: And I am so keen to be recruited.
2: This has been an ambition of yours, has it, for a while?
6: Uh, Yeah, I've wanted this since I was a little girl.
2: Oh, right. And did you have the Bureau of Processorial Mortification building set?
6: I did. I had the killing floors and I had some of the chambers at the dungeon set my brother had one of the better dungeon sets but I was much better at it he's not gone into this line of work
2: well that's one of the ways they find new recruits obviously all the sets have little mini cameras in them and if anyone shows little talent they will get an invite like you've done today so obviously they see you as a potential employee
6: they saw that Frederick my brother didn't have any interest so he went he's been to the bureau but not to work
2: okay yes he's been processed okay well processing comes to us all it's one of the things that Keeps us ticking over in the great Republic of Free Yorkshire. We've all got to be processed. Speaking of which, the tour is about to start. They're opening the doors, so we can shuffle in with the crowd here. I do, I do. And uh, oh, we'll just—I think—we've got to um, report to reception here. H- uh, hello, yes.
7: Oh, hello. Oh, are you the radio man?
2: Yes, yes, that's me, Lloyd Becklesnip. I've got my pass ready to go.
7: Great. It's great to see that pass. Absolutely brilliant, but. Obviously be very careful with that microphone because if you point that too directly at any of our agents, they may mistake it for a rebel weapon and have you immediately processed.
2: I've had my mic technique training refreshed recently and I got through it with flying colours, so I'm pretty safe.
7: Well, um, the testers may have been slightly less keen than our stuff and you must be florence
6: i am i'm florence hi um I'm, it's really good to meet you i'm really really happy to be here
7: great i'm not really important enough for you to crawl to yet but it's lovely to see you i recognize you from your play set and i hope that this doesn't end too abruptly for you uh, i'm sure
6: it'll be wonderful <laughs>
7: <laughs> if you can just go through now, I'm tired of you.
2: Okay, thank you very much. Uh, looks like we've got a tour guide or somebody's going to show us around.
7: Well, hey, hey, up! How is, how is
3: everyone today? You all right?
2: Yes, I'm Lloyd Becklesnit. Ah, yes, the radio
3: man. How, how are you? Is is that, a, is that a mic or a rebel weapon? Or are you just pleased to see me? Eh, hey, hey? eh?
2: I can assure you, it is a mic. It has the requisite stickers on it, and I have the pass to go with it. All the paperwork is in triple click in my bag. If you need to check anything, just ask. I've got a.
3: a... I'm only yanking your noose. I'm only yanking your noose There, we have fun here. We have funnier. Uh, and who's this? Oh, Who we got here. Oh,
6: I'm Florence. I'm- Florence, I'm coming, Kirk, because I want to get the apprentice job.
3: Ah, yes, yes, the, the apprentice. So, I'm Mr. Silverstone, but you can call me smack. Most people around here do. And so, here are your bouncy balls. Ooh, they're flashy. They
6: are.
3: Get a load of them, eh?
6: I love a flashy bouncy ball. Are these decapitated heads that are not all done?
3: Uh, well, maybe. Who knows? Who knows where they come from? I don't ask questions. I only answer them when you've got them. So let's get on with the tour, shall we? I'll take you on, on a tour of floor one first. So room one is the light room. In there, we have four lights set up. Everyone who goes in there, we tell them there's three. And they can't leave until they've said there's three lights
1: set up. All right, how you doing?
2: Hello. So you've been in the light room, yeah?
7: Yeah, there's three.
1: Swear to God, only three.
6: Bye. So room one's a light room. Do, do I have to say th- said three lights for me or
7: is that for me? Excuse me, excuse me. Can I just, oh, sorry. Can I just squeeze past? I, I saw three as well. Bye.
2: So just to clarify, is it people who are being processed that have to say there's three or is it employees?
1: Oh, excuse, excuse me. I'm not a rebel. Not a rebel, square down. There's three lights in there. You better not be. I saw all three lights. <laughs> uh, I didn't see four. You saw them again. I didn't. How many? Just the three's enough for me. That's what I say. Get Just back the... in there, Aww. you scamp. Get back. You've said four. All You've right, said four. You let, right, right, let it go. You let it go.
3: Put extra knives on him, guys. Put extra knives on him. Get his eyes wide open. So we'll move on to the next room, which I like to call. The trash compactor. It's, it's just a room that gets smaller and smaller when someone walks in. It's a belter. It's
7: not very spacious in here. I'm finding it a little bit claustrophobic if I'm honest.
3: It'll do that to you.
6: Who operates the trash compactor? Is that one of the jobs that I could be going for? You know, get to press the button?
3: Uh, to be honest, it was here before the building was. We, we don't know how it works. But it works. I keep joking with Melinda on the reception. We should have that written over the door. (laughs) We don't know how it works, as long as it works and people die. Uh, So let's move on to the next room. I like to call this the guillotine room. But yeah, on, on
2: to the next room. Uh, just about the guillotine room, the people being processed, do they get a choice of which room they go into? Or is it you that assign them? How does the processing happen?
3: I know very little about some of what goes on in these rooms, love.
2: It's a mystery. So even the Bureau of Processual Mortification is a mystery, even to the people who work here. I don't even know what that means. It's one opaque layer placed upon another, but somehow the system works. You still grind through the forms. We grind through the entrance. It's like a miracle of Yorkshire.
6: We don't
3: know how it works, but it works. That's another thing I want written over the door.
6: Do you remember the first person you processed?
3: It was my own wife.
7: This is Free Yorkshire Radio.
2: And you can hear the second part of that fascinating report in just a moment or two. But first, here's a word from this week's sponsor the Bureau of Processual Mortification. Are you bored of your job? Has the daily grind chipped away your hopes and dreams and worn them down to an impotent stub? Has the grimness of modern life shredded your empathy as if it were wet toilet paper? Then chances are you've got just the psychological profile we're looking for at BPM. Bureau of Processual Mortification, although it also stands for beatings per minute, bodily purging mechanisms, and a bloody plethora of maiming. We've got great career opportunities for anyone who's dead inside, and whose morals are as sunken as their forlorn eyes. So come on, turn that blank stare into a blank check, and join us at the Bureau of Processual Mortification, Terms and conditions apply. Working here may cause nocturnal screaming, uncontrollable weeping, and a dry scalp. And now, back to our report.
3: Uh, On to the next door, what I like to call the brown sauce room. Now, it is just a swimming pool filled with brown sauce. It's just a brown, tasty
2: liquid that people cannot resist. And so they wade to their own death, almost singing as they go.
3: Oh, yes, they're singing, I love brown sauce.
2: I love brown sauce. We can hear one submerging as we speak.
7: Excuse me, excuse me. I think I'm supposed to be reporting to the eyeball room. Um, they said I was to have um, my eyeballs torn out.
3: Oh, you, you wish that was what happened in the eyeball room. Oh, right, You right. wish that's what happened in the eyeball room. Oh. Uh,
7: sorry, I'm just a rebel, so I don't really know what the process is. I just sort of try to rebel against the legitimate government of Yorkshire, and here I am, and I'm just looking for the eyeball room, and I just... God, I'm ever so lost. It's such a big building. I'm
6: coming here for a job, so I'm just wondering like, what did you do to get here to be processed? What, what what kind of things did you do?
7: Oh, are you into rebellion as well? Oh, I've got some great um here. I'll just hand you over the details of my no, associates. I'm not, they not if me you could, personally. No, you can... No, you can get right involved in the whole rebel cell then, and we might be able to overthrow the government. That would be brilliant, yeah. wouldn't it? Would it, would it? New blood. Excuse me, oh, Adam. I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to put
2: a footnote down on this. Are you really allowing this kind of seditious talk?
7: Oh, it's another rebel. Look, he's got a rebel gun. Look, oh, his little rebel guns pointing at us. With this is a microphone.
2: On. This is very clearly a
1: microphone. No, no, I'm
7: speaking into it. Like it's a the microphone. Guns we use the rebellion. I'm
1: going to have to weigh in here.
3: Get in the eyeball room.
7: Which way am I going?
3: It's just the next room. It's just the next next room all oh, right open the door and get in there
7: oh right just now oh that, right thank you thank
3: you bye right well in the eyeball room it's basically just a load of eyeballs stuck to the wall who' oh, stare at someone yeah yep yeah. yeah. it's worse than having your eyeballs taken out basically they get stared at until they have an existential crisis and explode so let so move on to the next oh, yeah I'm Should have thought about that, shouldn't you? Right. Well, yeah, let's have a laugh here.
2: It's important to enjoy your work. As Florence is a potential new recruit, is there any possibility she could have some hands-on experience today? Kind of get stuck in, so to speak?
3: Well, well, well but you should say that, because the next room is the hands-off room. So uh, we'll get you involved. Is is uh, a butcher knife. <gasps> Thank you. The person's already on the block. Have at it.
6: So I could just go in and have a go? <laughs> oh,
3: yeah. Yeah, as long as you just take the hands off, nothing else.
6: Hi, I'm Florence. I've just come to do this. I, I, I've, this is my first time, so <laughs> hopefully it'll be nice and smooth. Hopefully it'll be quick. <laughs>
1: oh, fantastic. I've been waiting ages for this. This is a wonderful, lovely personal service and a very fine-looking young lady to do it for me.
2: <laughs> thank you. Just to make clear, she is a trainee.
1: Oh well, you know she's got she's got to learn on somebody, doesn't she?
6: <laughs> okay, so I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to count to three. So one, two, three. <laughs> Oh, okay. Jesus. Oh, ah. Oh, Ooh,
2: not yet. Yeah, Sorry, miss- I'll just.
6: Oh,
3: just oh. Oh. Those hands are a bit meatier than you thought they would be, eh? Do you have a sharper knife? <laughs>
6: no. But,
3: oh.
2: Yeah, it's really it's really just hanging on there by the wrist.
1: You bent my nail right back. You can't just leave it like that. You
6: horrible woman. You horrible little woman. Stop! I'm just doing the job. I'm not it's not horrible. Yeah, you
3: get used to that. You you that are you are horrible. Remember
2: that.
6: Look, I'll do it a few more times.
2: Oh, it's still really blunt that knife. Look, I
1: feel very uncomfortable with this. Can I raise this, a complaint with management?
2: Sounds like a likely candidate for the complaints room.
3: Well, that's the next room on the tour, the complaints room. So let's go on to that. So the complaints room, right, this is where people go to complain and then get dropped in the brown sauce. Seems fair to me. It's also the brown sauce room.
2: Oh, it has. We've looked around. It's actually just the back door to the brown sauce room.
3: You may have thought we were around the other way, but somehow we end up in the brown sauce room again. So here we are.
6: And my play sets did make it look quite a lot bigger, I'd say. I thought, thought it would probably have a few more rooms.
3: This is just the tour. There's plenty more floors, but this is the only one the public are allowed to see. The rest, especially the brown sauce room, people aren't allowed to go anywhere near there. I think I'm going to get in trouble with my manager just for even mentioning the brown sauce
2: room. Actually, I see just come down the corridor. It's the minister himself, the minister from the Bureau of Processual Mortification, Hester Asquith. Sir Hester. Delighted to to meet you. I'm Lloyd Becklesnit from Free Yorkshire Radio. We're just uh, seeing the guided tour of your marvellous bureau. Have you any thoughts or words that you'd like our listeners to hear?
1: Yes. You, Silversmith. Is that your name? Smack. I'm sorry, Robert. What did you say? Yes. Yes, sir. Yes. Take this rebel scum and his little rebel gun and put him in the... Brown sauce. Oh, no.
2: But, Sir Hester...
1: Please, anything but that. I will not have seditious rebels walking around the BPM with little guns with stickers on. To to be honest, I don't think it's a gun. I think he's just pleased to see me. I will have no more of your light, humorous tone, Robert. Brown sauce. And this girl, what is she doing here?
6: I'm here about the apprentice job. I'm I'm a big fan of yours, actually.
1: How did you get hold of the glowing orb, and why does the rebel have a glowing orb? But, but I, I... you've been distributing the orbs, silversmith.
6: I, I thought the orb was just more of a a toy.
1: A toy. A toy. Sir Hester, no more questions. Start the alarms. Start the alarms. Oh, no. No, no. no. Bring down the cage. You, you
3: better run, guys. You better run. Save yourselves. Save yourselves. Come on, Florence. It's
2: the third Let's time we this
1: week. <laughs> They're getting away with an orb.
3: Which
2: way?
1: Silversmith, why do you keep giving away our
2: orbs? Through this window, I think I see there's a receptionist. <gasps>
7: Oh, hello, are you, just,
1: uh, are you just escaping the building? Yes, we are. Yeah, we just have
3: our way out. I you're moving us forward.
0: Great, okay. okay. Bye. So I don't really want to hear the rest of your excuses. Bye. Here's the orb, thanks, bye. You forgot to fill in a feedback form.
2: Well, what an exciting and illuminating visit that was. I have, of course, subsequently supplied the Bureau with Florence's current coordinates, and so the BPM should not need to track me down as well. I hope. Hang on. Is that a black van? Oh, God. Please, God, no. Oh, God, no. Oh, thank goodness. They've stopped at the local nursery school. I'm fine. I'm fine. I can see that Gary's rutting rabbits experiment is working a bit too well. He's fast disappearing under a mound of bobbing bunny tails, and I'm pretty sure that the gyro isn't meant to be glowing like that. But if we're quick, I think we've got time for one more feature. Stygat is the sport that Yorkshire holds dear to its heart because like Yorkshire, it's brutal, bloody, and impossible to understand. And it's time for the end of season tournament. So I caught up with commentator Helen Dunkledge and former player Graham Reddy Salted to get all the latest. And I'm delighted to say we've got veteran commentator Helen Dunkledge and ex-player Graham Salted on the line. And they're going to fill us in about all the latest controversy, news, excitement from the end of season Stygat Tournament. Helen, how have things been going so far?
0: Hi Lloyd, well it has been a hive of activity here at the Duncan-Maverley National Stadium. We have got the reigning champions, the Weatherby Walkers, up against the Solby teeth. Now, I don't think many expected the Solby lot to get in with such a big injury to Martin over.
2: Yes, yes. All our thoughts and prayers are with Martin. Is there any news on the coma? Any flickering of the eyeballs?
0: Not as yet, but his teammates have all pulled themselves together. It's touch and go, but it's what he would have wanted to play on regardless, Lloyd.
2: Well, yes, the team did play on regardless. It was a good five minutes before the medical team were able to get on the pitch because they were, so determined to finish their move
0: doctors do you think that some of the trampling damage may have contributed
2: Graham how have the tactics of this tournament been evolving is there any new things we should have our eyes peeled for
5: well, I mean, the game's always evolving, Lloyd. I mean, the rules themselves are constantly changing. I remember when firearms were still allowed in certain circumstances and they've been outright disallowed, so obviously the tactics are going to have to evolve. Well, yes, the firearms ban there controversial at the time. People thought it was going to
2: rip the heart and soul out of Steigat, but the way teams have adapted to overcome these restrictions, the team in the course of the game it rigged up A kind of catapult where they fling their own players at the opposing team. I mean, people are putting their bodies on the line here.
5: When I was back with the Weatherby Walkers, we would do whatever it would take to win. And, you know, we had firearms, but we weren't just shooting limbs. We were shooting our own players so that they would fall on the players of the opposing team. At one point, I shot one of my own fans because the psychological impact of that can be strong. Well, look, if we're prepared to do this to our own fans, just think
2: about what we're going to do to you.
5: This is exactly it. This is exactly it. And a lot of people raise financial issues with it as we lost a lot of ticket buyers. Well, yes, the change in the laws
2: whereby we could claim up to 50% of any inheritance of any deaths in the stadium, obviously got around those financial difficulties very cleverly. Obviously at the Duncan Maverley Stadium, just for this tournament, they've installed the new 4K screens, And they're replaying all the most exciting plays blow by blow, which is getting the fans into a kind of bloodlust fever pitch
0: absolutely I mean we were joking that you could just as easily commentate on the action that's going on in the stands you've got just as many fights breaking out certainly the stakes are so high for today's match that I wouldn't be surprised if one team was you know going home victorious and the rest were going home in body bags alongside their fans Lloyd
2: we always have a couple of cameras on the crowd for that very reason and of course they're not hampered by any no firearms rule anything goes in the stands that's all part of the great Steiger tradition. So, but the final is coming up this evening. What's the word on the great van? Is the Selby Teeth going to be the new champions or are the Weatherby Walkers going to hold on to their crown?
0: You know, the Teeth, no one would have necessarily put money on them at the start of the tournament. You've got so many players in casts. You've got so many players with shell shock.
2: But time and again, the Selby Teeth have been up against it. And time and again, They've pulled it out of the bag. In the semi, they looked down and out. Most of the team were on crutches. It was only in the last five minutes that they revealed that those crutches also served as surface-to-air missile launchers. But just finally, I wanted to mention another story that's been developing throughout the tournament. Obviously, each team has its own mascot, and they've been getting up to all sorts of hijinks. I know the the Selby Tooth, Timmy the Tooth, who is, you know, rotten to his root, like everyone's teeth from Selby. is a little fun illustration of the dental health of that area. And the Weatherby Walker, they've got a white walker as their mascot. But some of the mascots have been squaring up on the sidelines as well. Do you have any more information on that?
0: Yeah, it's been a fun sort of mini little competition. I mean, those of us who watched Steigart Extra will have seen that the Top sales mascot, Palmerham, point-blank refused to leave the stadium after their defeat, had to be dragged kicking and screaming by several armed guards. I just think it adds a lot, Graham. You know, I, I don't know if you agree that just it's not enough to have the players fighting and the fans fighting. You really need just that violence that only two fully grown adults in foam suits representing something abhorrent about an area fighting can give you.
5: Yeah, I completely agree. Not a lot of people know this, but I actually started my career in Steiger as a mascot. I was the Weatherby Walker. Back then the mascot was a rambler. It's been more recently upgraded to a white walker. But I remember using my walking stick to actually stabbed the current palmer hand straight through the chest and that was the point that i got picked up and this is a thing that a lot of people don't realize is is it's more than just you know part of the game it's part of the culture people make their careers off the violence that they show behind the scenes as it were and part of that is being a violent mascot well yes i mean uh, obviously
2: you made a lot of money after the game with your own range of parma ham,
5: I made more money on that than I ever did on the game. <laughs>
2: <laughs> We're not in this game for the money, other than the obvious compensation you get from the various injuries. So, guys, we can't wait for the final tonight. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you very much, Lloyd.
2: Oh my, the bonking bunny's furious fornication has caused the spinning gyro to explode in a hot shower of molten lava, which has flash-fried the lot of them. So, I guess that's the end of another show. Me and Gary are off to have the biggest rabbit stew since they rebuilt Chernobyl on Watership Down. Cheerio, and until next time, may all your brews be strong, may all your puddings be fettled, and may all your swamp mongrels be radiation-free. Tara!
7: Communications have been severely disrupted.
4: Make sure you have food, water, and a battery powered radio with you.
7: This is not a test.
2: Hi, thanks for listening. I'm Noel Curry, and on this show, you heard John McInnes as Dale Texican, John Gallagher Protero as Rory Muffin Man Muffin, Nikki Han March as Florence Linton. Tom McGrath as Robert Smack Silversmith, Spliny Dotson as everyone else in the BPM, Charlie Gascoigne as Helen Dunkledge, and Joe Thompson as Graham Reddy Salted. You can find out more about all these wonderful improvisers in the information section of this podcast. And you can follow this podcast on the various social medias at Free York's Radio. We'll be back next month, but if you enjoyed this, then you know what to do. Please subscribe, share, rate, and review. Thanks.
0: You're listening to Free Yorkshire Radio.